It's a great time to be a fan of Campbell University's men's basketball team. The Camels won 20 games this year for the first time in 25 years. And after their Big South Conference regular season title, you'll see them on the national stage at the NIT tournament starting next week. Big South Coach of the Year Kevin McGeehan joins us today to reflect on three straight winning seasons, the anticipation of the upcoming NIT, and what it's been like coaching one of the greatest scorers in college basketball history in Chris Clemens. I'm Billy Liggett, joined by co-host Kate Stoneburner, and this rhymes with orange. All right, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're actually sitting in your office today, if this sounds any different, because we're not in our studio, but uh, we're just days away from Campbell's first ever appearance in the NIT, and so it's got to be a really exciting time for you, I imagine. So um, I know you just got out of a recruiting meeting, so maybe you haven't had time to do this yet, but can you reflect a little bit on just what this past what this season has meant for you and for this program? Well, it's been... Um it's been really special year. Um, obviously, we have two really, really good players that have been sort of the cornerstones of our um, and the foundations of our program as we've as we've built through um, my time here and their careers. And um, you know, there really was no better example of a celebration of that than to win the conference regular season on senior night. Right. Um, you know, uh, and a, and a win to win it situation. You know, if we lose, we finish second, and if we win, we finish first. And right. um, you know, it was really it was really kind of a neat thing. And, and the way that the Campbell community, the 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 university community, and the larger community at large came out to support us over the last um, this whole season, but in particular over the last couple of weeks, has been really really nothing short of. Um, Breathtaking, honestly. We've had, I think they said, five of the best ten crowds ever in Gore Arena history have happened in the last two weeks. Um, And so just feeling the, just the vibe of of the program and and the support and people recognizing what has happened uh, has been really special. And we want to ask you more about that community support because we witnessed it too, but... uh, I, um, just sticking with the NIT for a moment, um, this, like I said, this is the first time Campbell's made it to the NIT, and it's been 27, 28 years since um, Campbell's been in any kind of um, national stage, uh, nationally broadcast, you know, tournament like this. So um, what what are these next few weeks? I know you don't know who you're playing yet, and you find that out, all, all that out when these other um, tournaments play out, but... Um, where you're at sitting here now, knowing what's coming, what are these next few weeks going to mean for this program? Well, I think, you know, this, this year has been special in that um, we have gotten a lot of national recognition, a lot to do with Chris and the records that he was breaking and also the season that we were having. Um, and this is kind of a, a culmination of that in that you will play in a national tournament, which will be broadcast on ESPN. And um, obviously the NIT is a special and very, very historic tournament um, where, you know, it's very exclusive. Um, You know, we've played in a couple tournaments the last couple years, and um, those are really great experience and building experiences because not everybody's playing and, you know, it is the postseason. I was going to ask that. Um, These are tournaments that, uh, like you say, the the NIT is kind of a next level, but these last few, the last few seasons you've made to these postseason tournaments and that 
like you say, that had to be really great experience for this team. Um, a, you get to play more games, but also, uh, in you know, they did really well in these tournaments too. So, how how have these last few seasons prepared you for what you're about to go through? Yeah, I think, you know, I think any time, and we talked about this quite a bit last year, um, and the last two years, right? We we were we were one of the last teams playing basketball the last two seasons right. as we advanced deep into Duke Duke season was over before yours was last right, year. Right. And and we, we, we talked about that, you know, like there's only twenty five teams left playing college basketball. And we know that it was chunked into different tournaments, but there's something about playing a really long season and getting an opportunity to play and you're in a win or go home setting. Right. right? And and so our guys are, are kind of battle tested in that we've played a lot of postseason games at this point and so now we get to play against probably a power five school so was, yeah that was my next question was i know you don't know you probably have no idea who you're playing but is it going to be probably a power five school maybe a mid-level like a clemson if if you know if it's from the acc that kind of school yeah we you know we really don't know but i yeah. the ncaa and the nit are cooperative um so they're run by the same people so the the last four out of the NCAA tournament will be the top four seeds of right. the NIT. Right. In all likelihood, we'll be in one of the eight, you know, eight seeds or you know, one of the bottom seeds. Right. However, as these conference tournaments are continuing to unfold, um, if a conference that's kind of below the Big South ends up getting being in the same situation we are, right? Their regular season champion gets picked off, and they become an automatic qualifier in the NIT. That could adjust that, which might put us in a you know, a seven seed or whatever. I, you know, I don't know exactly how it works. I'm just projecting based on the past years and also what I've seen. Um, but I'd say there's a greater likelihood that we'll see a Power 5 school, um, although there are a fair amount of really good mid-major programs right now that will be participating in the NIT as well. Right, and uh, and you'll likely be playing at their in the first round correct yes all right and i hope it's close because i think campbell will travel well for this so. yeah i hope so Definitely. and going back to the big south i wanted to ask about the radford game a few weeks ago and most of the recent big south games actually the crowds there were unbelievable and i've only been here a year but it was unlike any crowd i've ever seen in a sporting event and especially the support you guys got on social media how did that feel for you guys it was it's remarkable i mean the energy that we pull off of the the fans as they get excited and i think you know i think we have really knowledgeable fans. You know, they know when to give us a boost and um, and just when, when to boo the refs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it all, you know. Yeah. Really. Um, you know, it's it's funny. A few years back, when we we played my first year, we played a national television game um, on ESPN. You, I think, was that the Coastal Carolina Co- game? Coastal I remember, Carolina. I remember that one. That I have a packed. picture of it right there. Yeah. And. You know, obviously the arena looks a little different. We've made some updates in the scoreboard mm-hmm. and things like that. But I can probably find me in that picture after this. So. It's like a world, where's Waldo, right? <laughs> right. Um, and I, I think back to that. And at that time, I remember um, Cliff Ellis was the coach at Coastal, and he'd been at Auburn and Clemson and some other places. And he said that was the best college basketball environment he had ever played in. And what we just witnessed over the last two weeks was that times a thousand it was not even close to what that day was the, and Rad, would, the Radford game in particular that was yeah. I, I was there for that one too and that was just you know I, I turned to to uh, I think it was Will Bratton who was shooting photos that day and I just was like you know this this is amazing yeah it's amazing it, it transformative you know it, it felt like wow we've kind of 
arrived. We're like a real, real basketball place right now. That's how it felt in the gym. And uh, the energy was unbelievable. And obviously we're super thankful for all every everybody's support and, and turning out to, to help us out. Yeah. Well, coming off of that kind of high from the fans and then going straight into having to recruit this week and continue mm-hmm. building up your program. Yeah, I saw high school, high school clips going on right. in your office over there. So. Do you think that just that kind of atmosphere is a, is a draw for those students, or how do you feel recruiting now after having this kind well, of? Well, we have you know we had had a recruit on campus this past week mm-hmm. or yesterday and the day before, but um, in general, I think it will help because I think that there's you know now it's easy to put together a highlight clip where you show our arena full and people excited. Most of these kids that we're involved with right now have been following us on ESPN Plus and tracking. Mm-hmm the progress through the season and so they're pretty well aware but I think for some I think for somebody that's new um that we don't you know that we're just getting to know now and trying to recruit I think that there's a definitely so much more to work with right and um I think we can we can really show what Campbell has to offer um from just the basketball side um in a much different way than we ever have been able to and the Big South did the deal with ESPN, um, I think it was last year. And so all your games, whether they've all been on ESPN+, Plus, but then some of them have been bumped to ESPNU and ESPN3 and, and higher. Um, what has that exposure um, meant outside of North Carolina? Is that, uh, I know you said earlier, and we're going to talk about Chris Clemens too, but you said Clemens has, has brought a lot of notoriety to this program. But um, what has the ESPN um, boost meant for this program too well I think you know um, Chris Haymeyer and <clears throat> Evan do a great job um, and even when we were working through the Big South Network early in Chris's career they had made such great connections and because of the high quality work they were doing they were you know shooting something off even when we were coming from the road uh, you know coming getting on the bus or whatever and they were they were sending off a clip that ended up landing on Sports Center and things like that I think the difference is now ESPN sort of has their hands on all the content, right? right? Yeah. And they're monitoring it um, more red- readily. Um, there's no work that needs to be done to get it to them. And obviously it took on a life of its own a little bit as the, as the season went along and Chris was able to, you know, continue moving up the scoring ranks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was um, – it definitely – you know, and I think it – we always have done such a great job with our video, but – there's something different when the bottom line has the ESPN the logo and all there, that yeah. kind of stuff. It's like, oh wow, this is this is a real deal, you know. Yeah. This isn't somebody's home video. All right, so I, I I joked with Kate earlier that my question was just going to be Chris Clemens, and I was going to sit back and wait for you. But no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, you've had a his his career is actually going to wind down in a couple of weeks, and and this is it. And I know the the crowd reacted at, at his last game this last week. Uh, very favorably toward Chris, but you've had a front row seat for all of it. You brought him here. You've seen every point that he scored. He's been one of the greatest scorers in NCAA history. So um, how do you put these last four years with Chris into words? Yeah. Um, nothing short of remarkable what he's done. Um, you know, I when I recruited him, I felt really confident in his ability. Um, I felt like he was going to have an amazing career, and he – outdid even my expectations. Um, you know, I don't think that you often look at a player as a 17-year-old high school player and say, well, he's going to probably be an all-time leader in, the, in 
the record books. I saw that in the Washington Post. He, he said that maybe, I think it was you who said that to him during the recruiting or when he first got here was, you're going to do this. And he, and he even exceeded that. But what, what made you think that at the time? Um, you know, we, we really, really worked hard recruiting him. And so we evaluated him like crazy. And we didn't need to because my first, I saw him for two minutes and it was, I knew. But um, in order to make sure that we got him, we worked really hard to make sure that we were involved and tracking him and watching him. And, and I just became more and more confident that I knew what his capabilities were. But I, I think that his athleticism combined with his scoring ability and one thing that I've always said and I said this to him when he when I was recruiting him was he, he's a way underappreciated passer um, and part of that's because he takes on a heavier load for our team as far as scoring but he really does see the game well and that that's something that when he gets to his next stop is going to be more apparent um, because he's going to be asked to do more setting people up and um, making plays for other guys. That's in there too, and it's sort of just under the surface a little bit because of the scoring is so obvious and so exciting and so apparent. Um, but he's, he's terrific. And, you know, I think to go back to your question, I think what, you know, I, I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm really proud of his growth as a player. Um, because everybody now just sees the finished product and they say, well, he's 30 a game and, you know, he's fourth all time or whatever it is at this point. And <clears throat> though he though he was a really good scorer as a freshman, his development over the course of his career, his maturity as a player, as a teammate, um, as a leader, all that stuff is, is why he came to Campbell and, and had a chance to play right away and learn on the fly and you know I worked really hard to not <clears throat> squash him and and let him become who he was as a person as a leader as a player so that he could grow into what he is now um, it could have been easy it would have been easy to try to cut him off and mold him really quickly and try to turn him into exactly what I thought he could be and I think that would have it could have worked, but I think the way we went about it was the right way, and I think it's why, why he is where he is now. He's the only player I've ever seen where when he hits a shot, the crowd doesn't cheer. The crowd mostly kind of is baffled by some of the shots that he <laughs> hits. And, and uh, as a coach, how early in his career did you just kind of throw your hands up and say, okay, he can make those, and I'm just going <laughs> to – I mean, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's a bad question for a coach. No, I mean, early on <laughs> – Early on, for sure, there was a little bit more of the trying to um, guide his shot selection so he yeah. saw which ones were good. And it's sort of it's interesting because it did kind of counterbalance because he became a greater shot maker as he got more leash is the word that people yeah. use, but yeah. more freedom within to shoot certain shots. And um, But, I mean, we were on a foreign tour before his freshman season, and he yeah. – averaged about 20 a game against pros overseas and you know you kind of knew that he had it um and then I mean he doesn't ever I keep saying well he's he does he does there's nothing he can do to surprise me anymore and, and yesterday in practice he made a shot that I was like my goodness <laughs> how, how, the, how did he do that or only he could do that you know yeah. like that, that's 
really, uh, he's got a unique talent. I'm impressed he did so well against the pros, and we don't think he can do any more to prove he belongs in the NBA. We're super excited to see what's next for him, but what do you think his chances are of the next level, and what are people asking you about him? Well, you know, he's had two opportunities to go work out for NBA teams. Um, After his sophomore year, he declared for the draft. After his junior year, he declared for the draft, and they you know, have the rules now where you can go and sort of, they call it test the waters. You get to go do some workouts, um, get some feedback, and then see where, see where you are and mm-hmm. make a decision whether you want to come back. So we've had a fair amount of contact over the course of, you know, his career with NBA people, um, executives, and, and people that make the decisions. I feel very confident that it's going to happen for him. Um, you know, the, the reservation that folks probably are always going to have is his height sure. which for me has not, not not for one minute has ever been a factor um, and maybe my confidence in him and not caring about that is why he's you know done so well and it probably just requires somebody else taking that chance now right. we don't he's not going to see six three long athletic guys that he's playing against in the big south like he like he does there. Now, he does get matched up on guys like that. Um, but I think that somebody taking their chance on him and believing in him after the career he's had is all it's going to take because if they say, we need you to you know, pick up the ball 94 feet and hound the point guard and I want you to run the second team and um, you, know, you have to get the ball to so-and-so who's the best player – um, you know, in this spot, he's going to do it. He's going to do whatever it takes because that's that's how he's driven, and this is his dream, and this is his goal. And he knows that he's really intelligent guy and very responsible. I mean, an excellent student. He's you know never late for anything. He's you know he's he's kind of made of the right stuff. And so I think that when he has somebody that works in the is going to be his boss in that league, he's yeah. going he's going to say, all right. Just tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Well, uh, Coach McGeehan, Big South Conference Coach of the Year, um, Campbell University. I I should look this up. Is it four straight 20 win seasons or four straight at at least winning seasons and uh, third three or four consecutive postseason appearances are and so um, this program has never been in a better place as it is right now. Um, uh, What's what's Looking, um, you're going to lose Chris. You're losing Andrew Udy. He's a student in one of my classes. I love Andrew, and uh, he's a phenomenal player too. But um, looking ahead at the future, you've built a very solid program. Um, what is maybe I guess the obvious next goal is the NCAA tournament. But what does it take for this program to keep that going and to uh, you know to to become a strong, consistently strong mid-level program? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we talked about. You know, in the post game after the after the loss in the conference tournament was just being so proud of where we are, and I think one of the things that has come from the foundation that we've laid and the success over, like you mentioned, you know, it's the three winning three winningest consecutive years in Campbell history um, is that there's an expectation of winning now. Um, our guys are going to go onto the court next year, and it's going to look different because Andrew's not going to be there and Chris is not going to be there. We have a lot of good players on our team that you know will take on different roles and need to get better, and um, we'll probably look a little different because we have to do some things differently 
without that incredible shot maker and all right. that kind of stuff. But um, there's going to be an expectation that you go out there and Campbell wins basketball games. Campbell's going out there to win. Right. And that's that's a cultural thing that has taken time to develop. And it, it, it's part because of a lot of hard work by a lot of people, my staff, the guys in the program. And then it's also fighting through some ups and downs and, and, and having failures and successes to then see results, to then have the expectation that you're going to go out there and we're going to figure out a way to win. There were a couple games this year where we – um, shot the lights out and, you know, won the game handily. And I said to our team after games, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I think that we would have – I know that we could have shot poorly and won today. We would have found a way. That's who we are now. Right. That's who we are. We, 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 we're not reliant on, one, on hot shooting or one individual, um, although it, it might feel that way at times because of Chris's heavy scoring load. We're a balanced team and, you know, like um, – you know, we played the Hampton, Hampton game, and, and Jacor was thrown up in the locker room, wasn't mm-hmm. able to help us. Um, and the next guy stepped up, yeah. and we were ready to go. I mean, that's hard to do. You know, to take a starter off, take a starter off Duke, for example. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We won't, make, we won't name names. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like yeah. any team in the country, um, if you take a starter off their team, it's like it has an impact. Right. And, yeah. Um, I think that we've grown to a point where there's depth without, throughout the program and that guys are ready to step up when they're called upon. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure, and uh, good luck with the NIT uh, coming up. When, uh, when we learn who you're playing, we'll, uh, we'll help put the word out. But, you know, best of luck, and congratulations on your success. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, Kate and I talk about our favorite topics from the upcoming Academic Symposium. So whether you listen to us in your car, at work, or even in your shower, you know that we like to end our podcast with uh, a little friendly banter, if you will. And uh, today, Kate and I are going to talk about the upcoming ninth Annual Wiggins Memorial Library Academic Symposium, which I promise this is actually a really interesting topic. It's coming up, <laughs> sorry, it's coming up uh, Wednesday, March 20th at Wiggins Memorial Library. And what this is, is uh, Campbell University's best and brightest um, take their research from the year that uh, that they perform throughout the year with the help of their faculty mentors, and they present it to the masses, and uh, the best presentations get um, prizes at the end, or, you know, accolades, if you will. And every year, uh, we cover this. We um, pick some of the topics that we like most, and we, we just show up, and um, unfortunately, Kate, None of the topics I ever am interested in are the ones that win. <laughs> so, but you have uh, a terrible track record. So this year, Kate. So I had an idea this year. Instead of uh, us talking about and even picking to cover um, the ones that interest us most, I think we should do it totally random this year, okay. and we should um, just let this giant wheel that I brought. Hang on one second and. Here it, what? Yeah. <laughs> Here it Where is. did you get this? So this is a this is a wheel that I got at a uh, at a garage sale actually, and I've replaced <laughs> all of the 
I think it's an old Wheel of Fortune wheel or something, but I replaced all the dollars mounts on it, and I've pl- replaced them with actual topics from the academic symposium. Do you see how I Perfect. pasted them This on has there to be I, part of a board game. This yeah, is amazing. This is really cool. So what we're going to do, and this is legit. I know um, I know that uh, I wish you could. we were filming this because this is a really impressive wheel. So what we're going to do, Kate, is we're going to spin. I'm going to call this the topic wheel. We're going to spin the topic wheel, and we can bring it back for other segments in the future. Please. But uh, whatever it lands on... Um, um, that's what we're going to cover next week, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Is that fine? That gives everyone a fair shot. Yeah, so do you want to go first? great idea. I do want to go first. All right, hang yes. on. So do you want to spin it? Yeah, of All course. right, you have to come. Go go around. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We're spinning the wheel, and... Oh, good job. Oh, my gosh. I'm so nervous. What are you hoping for? Um, I just want something non-scientific. All right, what do you got? Ooh, okay, this is great. This is called NC Blue Laws, a case study of the North Carolina Brunch Bill by student Emily Stapleton. Emily, I'm excited to hear from you. I am a huge proponent of the brunch law. Maybe I shouldn't say that on the podcast, but I like it. know all this? It doesn't say all this on the wheel. Of course it does. I've looked at the schedule. Okay. Well, tell us. Tell us about this one then. So. Uh... Okay, so... Um, section four, the North Carolina Senate Bill 155, um, is a start to expanding restrictions, selling alcohol on Sundays. Okay. So that's a, that's a fun controversial topic that to cover fun. for well, we, The wheel has spoken. You have to cover that now. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. My turn now. I can't wait to do this. Hang on a second. All right. Here we go. Oh, big money, big money, big money, big money. And I am... Wow, this is weird. Uh, I've got a session called Facial Profiling. Facial Profiling. Facial Profiling. All right. Wait, so, look that one up. Yeah, I got to look this one up. Okay. Uh, facial Profiling. This is by Hannah Grace Allison and Dakota Don Goldsmith and uh, developed under the guidance of Dr. Judda Street from the psychology department. Okay. Facial Profiling. Researchers investigated the connections between perceived positive and negative attributes in unaltered and altered photos of arrestees. Oh, this is interesting. So utilizing a popular beauty application called InstaBeauty, they are (laughs) looking at altered appearances of six females who were arrested in order to make them better fit common social beauty standards. This is actually pretty fascinating. Boring title, good topic. Yeah, yeah, they need to work on the the title there. When When I first landed on this totally randomly, I thought, you know, I'm... I'm not as excited, but having read about it now, this is pretty cool. So profiling. I immediately thought cool. of Face Off. That'll be good. I kind of like this topic wheel, though. So, um, hey, let's uh, let's each spin one more. Okay. I know we're going to be busy next Wednesday covering these, but uh, let's let the wheel speak. So, uh, your let turn, the Kate. Wheel speak. Yeah, okay. your turn. Here yep. you go. I feel like I'm at a county fair. You need to take this more seriously. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My second presentation. Um, oh gosh, this sounds like okay. Formulation, comparison, and evaluation of teeth whitening film strips. Hey. Developed under the guidance of Dr. Gupta in pharmaceutical science. Okay. Nice. Oral health and hygiene plays a critical role in the overall well-being of an individual. The demand for whiter teeth is not only taking social media by storm, but is shifting the paradigm of practicing dentistry. That's pretty interesting. Are you a white strips? I have um, never tried to whiten my teeth. Which is really unfortunate for me, probably. My mom always told me growing up, you know what? By the time you're old enough to care about what your teeth look like, they're going to have new scientific practices, and you'll just be able to walk right in and get them all lasered and walk right out. I'm not kidding. That's what she told me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
I've never used the. Well, maybe I've I've used like the samples. You know, you get the samples and you wear you them. Get for all a day. these free samples. I work at a college. No. So do you though? <laughs> no. You, so yeah, I don't know how they work though. I mean, I get my teeth whitened. How how often are you supposed to do it? Like mm-hmm. once a year or something? Clean. Probably less. Cleaned, not whitened. Cleaned. I get them cleaned. Whatever the amount that you're supposed to get them cleaned. <laughs> the exact proper amount. Yeah. No more, no, no less. No more, no less. Okay, you have yeah. to spin this wheel. We got okay. on it. All right, sorry. Um, all right, so I'm going to spin one more, and uh, this will be the second topic I cover. Here you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Oh, I... I'm actually kind of interested in this one. Uh, well, I'm very interested in it, actually. <laughs> All go. apologies to Jane Baldwin, Liza, or Liz Botha, and Logan Sheeran. Um, the acute impact of, I'm going to just say yoga, but this is called vinyasa yoga? Yeah. What's vinyasa yoga? Um, it's vinyasa flows rather than like ashtanga, which I think you hold poses more. Oh, okay. All right. So it's the impact of this kind of yoga on improving <laughs> working memory performance in undergraduate college students. So it looks like this is going to be a study on how yoga improves your memory and it's going to, yeah. That oh, seems wow. legit. Yeah. I would believe, yeah. I would walk into that with a bias. <clears throat> I like yoga. So I'm Did interested like yoga. in this. I do. Yeah. I'm wow. not, not very good at it, but I don't actually, I don't think it's a competition. Is you can't it? be bad at yoga. Oh, yoga. I've seen people who are bad at yoga. You know what? No, the true yogi would never say that out loud. <laughs> okay. Well, um, all right. Well, so I've got yoga and I've got facial profiling. You have nice. white strips and what was your other white one? White strips and blue laws. Okay. Well, this I is very colors. cool. That's very fun. cool. We're, we'll, we'll put the topic wheel away for, yeah. you know, for this segment and uh, maybe we'll break it out for future segments. I think Perfect. I, I kind of like this thing. It was a, it was a good investment of my 50 cents at a garage sale. I think. <laughs> Element of suspense to the podcast. <laughs> so, we love it. So the ninth annual Wiggins Memorial Library Academic Symposium is Wednesday, March 20th. It's at the library. They will have 129 presentations from 184 student presenters representing 23 disciplines, um, poster presentations, oral presentations, uh, um, a second round of poster presentations <laughs> and then uh, oh yeah fine arts presentations so there will be um art on display and then you will have performances uh for this so yeah really cool thing um these are the ones that we're going to cover it is written in stone now and uh so we'll see you at the symposium <laughs>